our spirit. What is it? Where does it go? Are we able to see them using our mind's eye? If so, just what can spirit teach us? Welcome to School Through Spirit. Host Diet Renee is a certified psychic medium and master teacher of psychic and mediumship development through LWISSD. Diet was born knowing spirit and now is here to help you better understand the spirit world. And now your host, Diet Renee. Everybody, this is Diet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. This is a show where I talk to people of different spiritual modalities and see how really spirit has affected their life. Now, each week I do start with a topic of which spirit gives me, and then we go on to our guest. Now, this week is Miss Sherry Plot, and Miss Sherry is a career voyant. Okay, career voyant, which means she's a psychic and medium, but she uses it within career aspect and to help people in that genre which is amazing oh my gosh everybody good morning um and then we go on to the weekly reading at the end of the day so let's start with the good mornings every oh my gosh so many good morning tim and keith and courtney and lee and stephanie oh my gosh everybody hello hello oh my gosh i love thank you always for showing up and supporting and just you guys are like my oh it's mind-blowing me good morning everybody lisa good morning oh my gosh good morning i want to take a second here and share this and then we're going to go on to the subject that um we're looking at today now i'll tell you this one came i'm going to be honest how this one came about i'm going to be honest guys um and it's funny because it, it doesn't mean spirit didn't have a, a hand in it because trust me they always have a hand in it and I literally, I, I read, I, I woke up this morning and I went, oh, what am I going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. So I, 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 I was kind of hitting on a miss is what I was hitting on. And literally, I did what I always do. I went to Neil. I looked at Neil and said, hey, Neil, what do you got for me? And I didn't like what Neil had to say. Let's just put a point blank. I did not like what Neil had to say. And I went, Neil, you're failing me. And Neil was basically talking about, you know what, don't let the, don't sweat the small stuff is basically what Neil was talking about. And I thought, well, that's kind of like not a, not a topic, you know? Um, and, and I, so I went to Todd, I went, Todd, you know, and my producer, Todd, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about today. Like, oh my God, my brain is just not there and nothing seems to be working. Good morning, Desiree. And, um, Todd goes. And even what, well, what Neil had to say, and I, I told him, I said, well, it's good advice, but really, I mean, I don't know what's really. And he goes, you know, talk about what cutting away what no longer serves you. And I was like, whoa, that's huge. And then I thought about it. And went, wow, that's exactly what happened to me this weekend. Gosh, Spirit had already given me the message. I was just too blind to see it. And I like how Spirit tried to give me the message over the weekend. And it was like, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. And then, and I'll tell you what, I've been working on it. I, and I'll talk to you about different ways I've been working on it. And then Neil tried to give me the message. I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Mm -mm. Go to Todd and Todd's like, here you go. And I'm like, wow, it's all the same stuff. But spirit sometimes has to 
you know, use two by four therapy to get through it, yeah, to get you to start listening or to start hearing. So I want to talk about, we're going to talk about um, not knowing what you know, I wake up every morning not knowing what to do. I get that. I'm that way every day, every day, darling. Um, anyway, so let's talk about different ways, different ways that you cut things out. Cutting, uh, I'm working on cutting code, but also healing too. I love that. I love that key. So <clears throat> different ways. Now I'll tell you what, I think it's wonderful that I got the verbal message today. Finally got it today. Like, oh my God. But I will tell you what, this actually started last week for me, guys. This really started last week for me with different types of things that spirit has been trying to talk to me about. Spirit's been working through on me. And um, good morning, Bill. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you for joining me, hon. So, you know, this really started again, like I'm going to say last week, because I got this, I felt claustrophobic in my area here. Okay. I felt very claustrophobic in my area here. And what I decided to do was rearrange everything. Doesn't sound like that big of a deal, does it? But when I went in, and, and it doesn't look like I rearranged anything, actually, I added a lot of stuff, but at least over here. But as I rearranged everything, and I, I go by energy, guys, when I rearrange, because when I get cluttered, when I start to feel claustrophobic, it's time to rearrange. It's time to, you know what, I'm going to tell you, it's time to downsize. It's time to start getting rid of stuff. And that's what I did. And as I rearranged, and I rearranged dressers, and I rearranged areas, and I, I rearranged shoes. And now, I'm, I'm blessed because I have a room for my office, right? Well, this is a huge room. So half of it is my office. The other half is my closet. And this room is literally like 17 feet wide by 13 or 14. You know, it's a huge room. So as I'm doing this and I'm rearranging everything, I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm just getting rid of like, I don't need that. I haven't used that. I haven't done that. And I, I took a trash barrel and filled up half of it. I'm like, this is insane. And then I thought, wait a second, let's go through clothes. What don't I need? What is too big? What don't I wear? And I started to filter through all that. And I did. And I filtered through it. I got rid of a ton of stuff. Again, probably two bags, if not three bags of stuff that no longer served me. And the weird thing is, is I don't even notice it, guys, other than energetically energetically i'm going wow this stuff no, no longer needed to be in my space this stuff no longer needed to be in my area let's remove it which is pretty dynamically awesome when you think about it well then this weekend i went and did an event and it's an event i do and i've been doing the event twice a year for oh probably five years at least five years, you know, I mean, a couple of years before COVID. So yeah, and I'm, I, I think we only missed one, one um, thing during COVID, so, the whole pandemic, you know, we just showed up with masks and the whole 10 yards after that. But um, for the last couple of years, I've been thinking, why am I doing this event? Why am I doing this event? Energetically, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be there. Energetically, I'm just like, uh, it doesn't feel right. And I still went yesterday. And they showed me I no longer belong there. And Spirit just said, you no longer need to be here. This is not a place for you any longer. And how they did that is anybody that knows me events, I don't show up two hours before. I show up half an hour, 20 minutes before, set myself up, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? I, I'm the medium that shows up with a tablecloth and a crystal and we're good to go. 
at this particular event, tablecloths are already there. I just need to put the crisp up a sign and, and, and start to work. And I always have a set spot. And when I walked in, good morning, Deidre. When I walked in, I know I didn't have a spot. Well, I did, but it was placed someplace else. I was like, okay, I can deal with it. Oh, well, what's, what's a big deal? So I'm not in the same spot. Oh, well, people still find me. So I walked up to where they had me, and I couldn't even get into it. I couldn't even get in it. There was no room next to me. There was no room behind me. There was no room on the other side of me because the vendors around me had taken up all of my area. They left me a chair with two chairs smushed into the table, and I couldn't even pull one chair out to sit in. And then where are my clients going to be? There was no way to put them on the outside because the tables were so smashed together. And nobody would around me allow me to have space to let somebody walk through. And then they told me, well, I don't know what you're going to do because we still have to put our signage up. So essentially, they were telling me to piss off that they were taking over. And I went, it's your space. I'm not going to argue with this. You can have it. I don't care. And there was a table in the middle of the room right in front of the entrance. And I thought, it's a huge round table. Like, we're talking a big round table. And I went, I'm just going to make this table dynamic and I'm going to use this space. I did. I did. I threw my my stuff out, my beautiful display. You would have thought it was Thanksgiving. Put my chairs up and was ready to go. Good morning, Miss Shelby. I was ready to go. And as I sat through the day, I did readings. I did quite a few readings. But I noticed none of my normal clients showed up. I've had following there for years. And I'll tell you, the only reason I've ever showed up over the last probably two years is because I don't want to let people down by not being there. And even though Spirit was telling me, don't go, this isn't a place for you anymore. And they were pretty adamant, and I didn't want to listen. It really showed me when I got there, the dynamics of everything, and then the dynamics of how the day went. And when I left, I went, I won't be back. Because it doesn't serve me anymore. It doesn't serve anybody anymore that I show up there. I'm not helping a lot of people there. My clients find me at home now. And there's enough readers for everybody else to go to. It's not a dynamic for me. And I was just smushed out. <laughs> Good morning, Mom and Dawson. <laughs> I love you, D. I love you, Dawson. For everybody, Dawson is watching on the phone and two rooms over. But it's... It's really dynamic when you start to look at what no longer serves you. And how do you tell? You know, I mean, that's probably the biggest question. How do you tell when no, something no longer serves you? What does it feel like? How do I know to get rid of things? And this could be people, guys. This could be people. This could be friends you've had forever. This could be whatever. But you're going to start to get, feel a shift in your energy. You start to feel this shift. You start to feel like, oh, this just doesn't feel right anymore. I don't want to do this. This feels icky. Whatever it might be, you start to feel this and you just go, wow, yeah, I don't like this anymore. And you change it. You change it. Have any of you ever had those days? And if anybody doesn't put up their hand, I'm, no, I'm going to cry BS on you. But have you ever had those days where you woke up and you're like, oh, I just don't want to go to work today. Oh, it's just, oh, I can't do it today. 
I didn't mind it yesterday, but I can't do it today. And just every part of you says, don't go. And then you call in. And you get that huge sense of relief. I am. Oh, no, is this you let me know something? Not at all, Tim. You're good, darling. I'm never getting rid of you, Tim. Um, but you get that feeling. The minute you call in, that whole feeling just lets go. That whole feeling is just gone. You know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, we'll talk about that in a second, Lee. And you're just like, wow. And it's not that you have anything really planned that, that you'd rather do. You just know you can't go today. And it's okay. Because for most people, we wake up the next morning, we're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. I hate going to work, blah, blah, blah. But it's not that overwhelming feeling. And you're able to go in. So then you do have the people like Lee or like I was, where every day so hard. And when I was nursing, you won't call me out so bad. <laughs> I love it, Keith. When I was nursing, and I will tell you what, the last couple of years of nursing was um, the rough. And I will tell you what, the last years of nursing, because I was a nurse and I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't stand it. Every part of me was like, I don't want to do this. And I actually quit the jobs for a while and I left and I moved to Hayward and I tried my hand at serving again and I think I was doing pretty good at it. But when I came back to where my family is, I went back to nursing. And it was so much harder. It was miserable. I actually scheduled doubles so that I didn't have to go five days a week or six days a week. I scheduled doubles and I picked places I mean, I'll tell you what, it wasn't even that I was picking places. The, I, the only thing that was offered to me was places because I was aging. Agency was an hour, hour and a half, almost two hours away. And I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning, being on the road by four to get someplace by six to work, a sh to work two shifts. And I would put in 16 and a half hours and wouldn't take a break. Literally work the whole day and not even take a break. I would eat at my computer and keep working. So that I didn't have time to think about how badly I hated doing what I was doing. I couldn't stand it. Every fiber of my being said, quit, walk away. And I didn't do that. I switched positions. I switched jobs. I switched companies. I switched. And every time I'd walk in, I'd be like, this isn't so bad. And within a week, my whole being was just hurting. And it was screaming at me to not do this anymore. And I wasn't listening, guys. I was still attempting to do these jobs. And not that I wasn't really good at it, because, gosh, I was a damn good nurse. But it wasn't a job for me anymore. I wasn't serving. And what was happening is when I was at work, I was having more things of metaphysical show to me. I was feeling my clients. I was knowing what was wrong with them before they had to say anything, because I could feel it in my body. Or I would see dynamics of the day trans, you know, happening so I was able to take care of things before they happened. And you would think all of those things would make me want to stay there. But instead, it just showed me that my abilities is what I needed to focus on and not doing the type of healing I was doing. I had to switch gears completely, but I still didn't listen. Instead, what I did is I did more events and more readings at home. And I started to build this career. And I still was going to work as a nurse, but I was slowing it down to 
two doubles a week and then one double a week and then one shift a week. And then I was going one shift a month and it was killing me. That last year, I was still holding out going, I have to do this job, whether I like it or not. And I was doing one shift a month, guys, one eight hour shift a month, swearing I had to do this. For whatever survival, I have no clue. And it wasn't until my daughter told me, Mom, you retired, you're done. She didn't want to watch my pain and my agony of having to go do something that I just dreaded. And it killed me. And energetically, it shut me down. And this is literally how some of my weeks would go, guys, before I got down to that one shift a month. I literally would work. 60 hours on a Monday through Friday and then make sure on Friday I was out by like five, maybe six o'clock at the latest and I'd get home and I'd pack a bag. And the next morning, I literally, I can remember a weekend where I literally woke up at the crack of dawn on a Saturday, drove to the airport, got an airplane, flew to Washington. That's a four hour flight, guys. Got off the plane and I got to Washington like two o'clock their time or two o'clock our time. It was noon their time. That evening, I did a gallery got there, did a gallery, got done with a gallery, went and had some drinks, went to bed the next morning, went to the fish market, you know, in downtown Seattle, had the best morning, was back on a plane by four o'clock in the afternoon, four flight, got home, was in bed by like 9.30 that night. The next morning, I was up at three o'clock in the morning to go back to work. And I was willing to do whatever it took to be in my happy place and drowning where I wasn't happy. And it was killing me. And it wasn't until that night that I retired. And I'll never forget it because my daughter bought me this really to me, which was a God awful scrub top. And other people would love it. But to me, it was awful. And I'm like, why would you buy that? She goes, because you'll never wear it. And this is the last time you're ever going to wear a scrub top. And this is to remind you of that. And it's the only scrub top I still have. It hangs in my closet very proudly. As ugly as I think it is, it hangs in my, my closet. To remind me of the day that I walked in and I said, I quit. I retire. I'm done. And that night was phenomenal because I did my job and I did it a little different. I was relaxed. I knew that I would never have to chart again. I would never have to give another med again. I would never have to dress another one again. I would never have to do any of those jobs that a nurse does. At least for the period that it doesn't serve me anymore. Now, do I retain my license? I do, because I don't know what spirit has for me in years to come. But for today, I no longer need it. But I also remember walking out. Oh, have a great day, Keith. I remember walking out that night, and there was a, a sense of sorrow in my step. Fulfillment. What was I going to do tomorrow? Didn't know. I didn't have any of those answers. I had no answers. I just knew that this is what I was doing. I just knew that this is the way my life was supposed to go. And I was doing it. I got what, rid of what no longer served me. It walked out the door. And I slammed it. And I've never lurked back, guys. And I did that on February 10th, the year of COVID. As a nurse. I walked away weeks before COVID. And I don't regret it. 
I don't regret one moment of walking away from that that didn't serve me anymore. It was the most beautiful, dynamic thing that ever happened. And again, guys, I had no clue. I just knew spirit was my happy place. I knew teaching was my happy place. I knew doing readings was my happy place. And it took me forever to realize that I was still a healer. I was still helping people. I was just doing it in a different fashion. And it's incredible when you do that. Oh, I understand that, Lee. I under completely understand that. I love that. I love that. So, guys, I want you guys to take a moment. I want you guys today to look at those things. Now, this is just one part of my story. This is just one little bit of finding my happiness. One little spot of me going, I'm going from this to that. Getting rid of that doesn't work for me anymore. Energetically saying, I can't do this. I don't know if I am going to be able to survive. I don't know if I'm going to be able to feed myself. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to walk into this space. And it's incredible when you do that. It's incredible. So today, guys, whether it is cleaning your closet and getting rid of the stuff in there that doesn't work for you anymore to lighten that energy, or if it is seeing people in your life that you're going, you know what? And that's hard. It's hard when you see people in your life and you go, gosh, it just aches me to have a conversation with you. And you have to distance yourself. Or if it is as much as quitting your job. Whatever it might be. Oh, have a great day, Bill. Whatever it might be, I want you to look at yourself today and, and think about those things. What doesn't feel right? What doesn't serve you? What no longer really is making you a bigger, better, brighter person? And think to yourself, what would it be like if that wasn't in my life? What if I went through my house with trash bags and I got rid of the stuff that doesn't work anymore? Even if you don't throw it away, even if all you do is move it to a closet or to a garage. But get it out of your space. Clear it out. See if you notice it gone. See if you feel more dynamic. See if you feel lighter. See if your energy changes. And if it does, you can eventually move those bags to a bin or to Goodwill. Getting rid of what no longer serves you guys is a tremendous thing in your life. It can be scary. It can be terrible. But I will tell you, I have never been wrong when I've listened and followed through with what I've been hearing. So I'm going to challenge you guys this week, whether it's cleaning your closet, cleaning out parts of your life, find a way to cut what no longer serves you and see if you feel just a little bit better tomorrow because you did it today. Okay. And you know how much work I just gave you, Tim. That's your homework for the week, Tim. That's your homework. <laughs> Lee, I want to finish reading this better. My last year in U.S., uh, the Creator God put me in such a bad place that I was offered a medical discharge, and I said yes right away. It wasn't that the toxic environment I would fight um, out to stay in, but getting out was what I need. Exactly. And thank you for your service, Lee, but 110%. 110%. And it isn't it amazing that spirit, and guys, I'm going to tell you, spirit is always going to give you 
that little nudge. They're always going to give you that something. They really are. Okay. Whether you want to say spirit, higher power, God, your guides, whatever, it's always going to be there and they're going to help you because sometimes that icky feeling is trying to push you in the direction you need to go. Okay. So with that being said, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we're going to bring in Miss Sherry. This is Tiat here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. Everybody, welcome back. This is Diet here with School Through Spirit on WLTKDB.com. And I just want to have a little bit of reminder for those that might be catching us at this point or even later in the show. You can always catch us in the podcast form because, as always, once this show is completed, we do switch to a podcast. And this is put, put out to the masses in the archives. So it's iHeartRadio. Um, let me see. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbeam, Spotify, all of them. There's not a place you cannot find this. And I would like to continue to say thank you for the 1,000 plus people that download this every week and are just faithful listeners. And I appreciate you so much. And, and thank you for always being there. So I just wanted to put that out there to everybody. So again, we have got Miss Sherry today. She is a career voyant, a psychic immediate, an amazing friend of mine, and I love her dearly, and I'm going to bring her in. So welcome, Sherry. Hi, lady. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. How about yourself today? Really good. Happy to be with you. I am so happy to see you. I am so, you're looking so bright and cheerful and no t-shirt. I almost wore a t-shirt today just for you. I did. I was so funny because I had it on. And then at the last minute, I went, no, I need to take it off and put a sweatshirt on. And I don't even know why. And now I know. Now I know why. <laughs> it was, uh, it's funny. I almost put a t-shirt on. I said, nah, it's Diet. I want to be like, I'll put a nicer t-shirt on. So that's. There you go. <laughs> I love this. Everybody, Sherry is the lady of t-shirts. She's just got, I think, a t-shirt for every occasion. And I love them so much. <laughs> So, Miss Sherry, can you explain, you know, tell everybody who you are. I know you're a career voyant. So first, what exactly is a career voyant? So basically, um, I have been a recruiter uh, for 20 years, working mostly in, in corporations with small businesses, most recently in tech, early stage startup. I'm also a career counselor. I've always done both side by side. So I've always had a really amazing perspective of what employers are looking for in their candidates and then what, you know, people are looking for in meaningful work. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the my psychic gifts and mediumship gifts, I, I think I'm stronger in the psychic department. Um, I just decided to pull them all together and and make it one cohesive package. And it allows me to see people, you know, not just like this, but on multidimensional levels. And this gives us a lot of insight 
into um, the bigger picture of who a person is, right? People sit across from us and they think that they think that that is who they are, <laughs> but, um, but they're so much bigger than that. And I think it's a little bit like um, there's that Rumi. Um, I think it's Rumi, which is uh, I'm a divine elephant living in an ant hole. And I think that that's how <laughs> most people are. <clears throat> so when I combine the three, um, it provides a much bigger perspective um, also, as a career voyant, I go into people's org fields and I'm able to help them see their life path that they actually planned before they got here. And so it's connecting people to um, their life path, their life journey, their healing journey as souls. Wow, I love that. Thank so you. I love how, you know, you talked about how you got to the career point. Let's go back some years. Okay. How about how you got to the psychic point? <laughs> well, I think the thing is that I, I, I think... I mean, I'm sure you could speak to this too. I've always been psychic. So, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I used to work with clients and uh, their relatives would come into the room with them and they'd start telling me what they thought these people should be. And then I'd have to ask the spirits the, to leave because that's why people don't know what they want to do to begin with because everybody keeps telling them what to do. So um, yeah. I think it's always been there as far as since I was a child, but it wasn't until I... Um, really started to hone my skill and own it. I always say I came out twice at 45 as a lesbian and 60 as a psychic. So it's really like, you know, owning who, owning who I am and just putting it out there and <clears throat> putting that more into the, it's saying, this is what I'm doing when I'm working with you. And because I'm doing this, um, mm -hmm. I'm actually able to have a much bigger picture and help you even more. So I, I've always been doing it. It's just now I'm saying that I'm doing it. And when you do that, of course, you own it. You, um, I have a beautiful teacher, you're one of them. Um, and so it's, it's honing the skills, owning the skills and putting it out there. And that's hard to do, isn't it? You know, when you said you came out at 60, was that hard? Um, well, the, the 45 year old the, coming out as a lesbian was much harder. Cause I, oh, I was, I was going to go there, Lee, but I've already asked her that question. Yeah, so so when I came, when I came out as a lesbian, we lost everything. When I came out as a psychic, I gained everything. Right. I mean, I, I, I have this beautiful, large professional community. I have this beautiful, have these beautiful teachers. I have, you know, the, the ability to speak more honestly about, uh, to, to speak more honestly, but also to articulate it mm -hmm. um, is is so much more powerful. So, no, I think it was easier. I think only one of my sons has been a little thrown off by it. Um, Which one, the psychic <laughs> or the lesbian part? The psychic. Well, really? the are too young. It's like <laughs> that they adapted to that pretty quickly. But the, the psychic part, uh, only one son is a little I've had to adjust how I speak to him. So I think it's because he's sensitive and. Mm -hmm. Um, also psychic. And I think he's not ready. He's not ready for that yet. So that's okay. He's no, and I, I understand that because my daughter accepts it. I, I, she doesn't have a choice. I, I live with her. She's just like, it's just mom. It's just mom. Exactly. But my son had a conversation with me one day and he says, mom, I just can't talk to you about, like, about that. I'm like, why? He's like, it's like talking to a priest. And, and I'm like, <laughs> and I literally looked at him. I said, well, do you, you know, do you like the business aspect? He goes, oh, that I support 110%. I said, then we'll just talk about that. We'll exactly. Talk about the business aspect of it. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now for the same child that says, I can't talk to you about the, the psychic medium part. This is the same child that bought me all my equipment for the radio. Right, right. And, 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 and he did it all for me. He set up a booth, 
a boost for me to do this. You know what I mean? So even though yeah. he couldn't accept yeah. this part of me, he could accept this part. I think he's been supportive. It's just um, uh, he is an emergency room tech and so in a children's hospital. And so the what I said to him is that I just wanted him – I don't know if I said I wanted him or, or was he, I told him that sometimes when people die violent, sudden deaths, their souls get lost and don't always know where to go. Mm-hmm. And may, and I'm, and I'm just wanted to check in with him to make sure that he feels that when he goes home, he's able to leave the energy behind. Yeah. And that's what bothered him. And I suspect it's because um, he knows I'm right, but he's not ready to look at it yet. So we just agreed to not talk about that. And that that's, Totally beautiful. But other I mean, than that, I mean, I think even coming out as a vegan was probably harder. I mean, <laughs> so. I'm like, you've got so many closets you've come out of. Exactly. I want, to, I want to talk about some of those today. You know what I mean? Only because it's like you have, you are this lady that to me, I look at you and I'm like, I'm in awe. I And I know, I don't know if you realize this. I'm in awe when I look at you because, you know, your life has been coming out of, you know, finding who you are and then finding who you are. And then finding who you are. And it's been a repeated process. This hasn't been a, oh my gosh, one day when I was in my 20s, I discovered I was psychic and that was the rest of my life. This is, oh my gosh, I was married to a man and found out this may not have been right for me. And then found out that, you know what, I was really psychic and this is what I was doing. And, or the food wasn't right for me. You know what I mean? It has been, this has been a lot of you. Like I was talking about, to, oh my gosh, thank you. Spirit always ties in when I talk to the client. And it's right now, I just realized this about you stripping away parts of you that didn't belong anymore. You know, yeah. you've been cleaning your closets for years. I really like that a lot. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of it that way. And you're you know- going to go, you're going to get off this and go, damn, that's what I've been doing. I've just been cleaning yeah. closets. It's true. I love that. Um, I think even my ex-husband, by the way, I mean, I mean, I always like to clarify, I didn't leave him because I was gay. I left him because it was a shitty marriage. But even on the way out the door, he said, you know, you're, you're always seeking the next thing. And it was hard. It was hard for him. I think this is um, I think in partnership, when you're with someone who is open to constantly evolving, you actually need to be with someone who can hold that space. Yeah. And um, and that's OK. It's it's just, you know his next selection was much better. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's just who I am. So yes, I guess I'm always cleaning out my closets. Thank well, you. I, I know it's a, it's a different thing. That's hard. You know what I mean? That's a huge dynamic of you. And that's why I think that's one reason why I wanted to have you on the show today is because you are that person that says, let's look a little deeper. Who am I? Let's look deeper. Who am I? You know, because I'm, I'm imagining even on the career voyage scale of what you do, that's got to be a lot what you help people with. It's know? all I do. You're I mean, that's, that's all I do. I mean, Spirit has said that, um, called me an activator, which I thought was really interesting. And, and when I asked what that meant, they said that even people can just be in your presence and you cannot say a word. And the energy actually like activates people. It sort of wakes them up. Um, and it makes some people very uncomfortable. Although I, I think more and more of the people that I'm with now um, are not uncomfortable with that. But I think they're, their fellow seekers, but I, I'm, I'm confident that's part of what happens when people come to me for um, the career point or the just, or just the career counseling is that there's an energy about me that activates people's curiosity about themselves, wanting mm-hmm. to speak their own truth. And then I can hold that space for them also. Right. 
Yeah. So I, I think I, you need to, because not everybody is as comfortable as shifting as I am. Um, but I also want to say that there's a, you know, I think there's this conversation around speaking your truth, speaking your truth, speaking your truth. Right. And so I think that it is important to speak your truth. I just think that there's also sort of this rose colored glasses that if you speak your truth, everything will be okay. And the truth is, is that often when we speak our truth, everything falls apart. Right. And so that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but it means you have to be prepared. You have to be so rooted in who you are, so rooted in your truth, like an Oak tree that you can withstand the hurricane that comes afterwards. So with that being said, how do you, because as somebody that, you know, you kind of reformulate who you are, you know what I mean? As you're always seeking for something else, knowing that this is going to come again, I guess, oh God, how, how do I state this question? Because it's like, you know who you are today, knowing full right within a year, you could be going, oh, but I'm not this person. You know what I mean? How do you, how do you approach that knowing that, you know, most people get settled like me. I'm settled. I'm good. I don't think that's true for you. I know it's not true, but it's me not knowing who I am. I think it's a constant evolution of being more of who I am. Right. So I think, you know, we're we're born and, and we come in pure and then all these layers get put on top of us. You know, um, our, our neural pathways form habituated thought patterns based on our perspective as children. Like I always come to things from Western psychology, Eastern psychology and shamanic psychology and Kabbalistic psychology. So, you know, we we come in these, you know, perfect beings and then everything gets covered up and we forget why we're here and then we forget who we are and then we try to become what other people want us to be, so we'll be loved. And so I feel like the work that I've been doing since I can remember has always been taking off those layers. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I feel like I become more of who I am. I don't feel like I change. I feel like I just become more of who I am and, and remove, <clears throat> the, um, remove the, the layers that have you know, made me hard, made me angry, made me harsh. Um, basically it's constantly trying to evolve into vulnerability. I love that. That's, that makes it not scary. It's it not, yeah, it doesn't scare me. It's, it excites me and it's what I do for other people. Right. Because even when people come to me and say, I don't know what I want to do. That is in the 30 years of listening to people that has never been true. Never. I mean, by session three, they're like, well, what I want to do is this. Mm -hmm. It, so so I, that's why I tossed out all the tests, all the, uh, the career assessments, because I realized that people do know what they want to do. You just have to help them remember. I feel like I spend most of my time reintroducing people to themselves. And I feel like that's what happens to me is that I'm just constantly meeting who I am. I love that. Yeah. Revealing the layers, yes, but oh, how many more are there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Well, we're, we're multidimensional beings. I mean, it's, you know, we keep trying to, sh it's, it's sort of the metaphor. I haven't really thought about that until just now. Spirit just gave me a picture. It's sort of like, you know, people keep pouring themselves into jobs. Jobs are nothing more than energetic containers. That's all they are. They're perceived energetic containers. And then people pour themselves into this container. For a while, it might feel like nice and snugly and warm. And then we grow and evolve as a human being. And that container can't hold us anymore. And the problem mm -hmm. is, is that people keep holding on to that job out of scarcity and fear instead of just saying, oh, 
I need a bigger container because <laughs> I'm a bigger soul. I'm a bigger. And, and I think that that's, that's a really good metaphor for how small do we have to make ourselves to fit into our, our current perceived idea of who we are. I, I also now I see you with a jar on your desk with some sort of solution in there trying to get through the hard head like me. And all of a sudden you're like, you're like this in this jar. You see how you fit beautifully. And then you sprinkle some dust and all of a sudden it's an exciting experience that just starts. And this is what you really are. <laughs> and you're still trying to stay in the jar. <laughs> That's exactly right. And then what happens is when we keep forcing ourselves to stay in that jar is that, and this is what happens is that this is what makes you sick. I mean, it's, it's sort of like what hurts the soul because the soul came here to continue to grow and heal and to evolve into the next best version. Even the word best feels judgmental just to evolve into the next version. And so when we force ourselves to stay in a container that doesn't fit in a relationship that doesn't fit and eventually even into a body that doesn't fit, then it's, then we actually get sick because, um, and, and the universe won't support that. So if you're at a job that you know you need to leave, but you don't leave either because you're lazy or you're scared. By the way, I don't believe in laziness. Either you're scared, depressed. <laughs> I haven't met I laziness because I was too afraid to walk away. So. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the same thing goes for relationships that don't service, that if we stay in something that we know is no longer good for us, the universe will not support that because the nature of the universe is to expand. And so that's this is what makes us sick. This is what makes us depressed. And this is what gets us fired ultimately. And, and if you don't, and if the company knows that you should be moving on, I've even watched companies dissolve because if the companies aren't supporting the evolution of their own business or the evolution of their people, it won't make it. Yeah. It won't, it won't, it won't survive. That's incredible. You're making me look at my whole life going, Oh, so <laughs> much makes so much sense. Cause I'm a hard-headed person. I, I'm learning to not be hard-headed. I because I'm I've actually told my guys to burn the two by four. We no longer need. They got a smaller bat now. <laughs> Congratulations! Sometimes I still need to be popped in the head, but I would hold on for dear life. Even though the universe is like, you need to go. I'd be like, no, I'm staying. And I mean, incredible things would happen around me and force me out of situations. Like That's I've always been that person. Like. I'm going to be that diehard. I'm going to stay here, blah, blah, blah. And the world will explode around me before I move. You know what I mean? So but why did you do that? Why, why did you feel compelled to have to stay even when you knew it was time to go? Well, and for myself, I think it's just growing up for myself. I honestly think it was growing up because I was always moving. I was, you know, you know, my mother always has moving because of who my father was, mm -hmm. you know, and, and for out of survival, just pure survival. So for myself, it was like, I'm going to stay, I'm not going to move, I'm going to be here, you know, that type of stuff. And I'm not going to do this. And it was like, no, I was just, I never found the place I was supposed to be. You know, I was just too hard to like, I'm going to stay in this town or this space or this area. And it always turned into the bat. same thing over and over and over again. You right. know, and uh, it's. Go, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's just, I, I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens. We, we tried to, we tried to stick to our old patterns and they don't always necessarily work. Yeah. I'm very curious about why though. I mean, I, I think some of them again are unconscious. I call them hot habits mm -hmm. of thought. I think right. some of them are just, you know, unconscious neural pathways that we're not even sure are running the, sh that we are unaware of running the show. Um, but I also think that, um, I also think that there's not enough conversation, healthy conversation around healthy leaving. 
So the culture likes to have a lot of conversations about staying, you know, staying in marriages that don't work, staying in relationships that work, don't work, staying the same size, even though we grow and evolve and have children and get, you know, Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to stay, stay, stay. And I don't think there's enough of a conversation around healthy leaving. When do we know it's time to go? Um, When do we know it's, it's healthy to make a shift? Um, I mean, in the, in the corporate world, we call this an exit strategy. Oh, wow. They've got names for this. We do. So it's, it's, you know, and, and I mean, strategies, I've been not doing this anymore. I've literally stopped. I'll never, you'll, you'll love this, Sherry. As an agency nurse, I was like driving to work one day and I went, I can't walk in that place anymore. I can't walk. I cannot do this. And this is in the bad day, the payphone. I literally got to the corner was look I stopped in this gas station, looking at the building going, I can't do this. I dialed on the payphone because cell phones weren't invented yet. I quit looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming. I quit. You can't do this. Oh, yes, I can. Because if I take one more foot, which is your property, I'm stuck. <laughs> Good for you. And, and And what happened afterwards? I went and got a new job being a nurse someplace else. <laughs> and, and were you happier? <laughs> so that was an exit. It was the whole nursing thing I had to get rid of. It wasn't a yeah. job. Yeah, it took me another 10 plus years to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, even though you knew it wasn't right for you. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, I think you were saying this earlier, like changing your thinking. Like, yeah. if I like to say to people, if you couldn't have that thought, what would you be doing? Yeah. Right. If you, if you didn't have that thought, I have to stay then what would you be doing? You know, mm-hmm. or, or if you changed your, your shift, it's time, you know, it's healthy. Exit strategies are so important because if you, if you own that it's time to leave and then you create a strategy about how to leave, then it, then I think people feel far more secure in their decisions. Right. So if it's a job, then you can say, okay, so it's time for me to leave this job. So what do I need as an exit strategy? Well, I'm going to need to know what my, I always say the resume comes last. So then you need to have a strategy about, okay, then what's my next move? Right. Right. What's my next healthy move for my career? I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about work because I'm always obsessed yeah. about that topic, but I really, well, I think you can relate to this. I mean, in this world of psychics, astrologers and trans medium people, I think that we all know that there's a huge shift coming and that shift is going to change everything. It's already happening. Um, it's just that it is going to completely alter the world of work. And I don't say that to make people panic, but I also think, I mean, we could actually step away from the conversation about, you know, trans astrology, et cetera, and just talk about AI, artificial intelligence, right. which is just exploding and will probably be taking many of our jobs. So not my it's job. Scary. No, it's scary. It's, it's, it, it is. I mean, we've predicted it for a long time. You know, I knew it was coming, but it's really seemed to take a big leap in, in the, in the, I'd say the last year or so, last year or two. And so this, the way our workforce looks now will not be how our workforce looks, I would say, five to 10 years from now. And I think we have to prepare by becoming very intimately familiar with who we are, mm-hmm. what our hard skills are, and how do we talk about ourselves without a job title, but based mm-hmm. on skills. Does that you know, make sense? It, it does completely make sense. But I think one thing that 
what I think a lot, because I'm just getting this in my head now, and mm -hmm. like it how we have two psychics talking, this is exactly what happens at like, <laughs> But one thing you know, people don't realize is, yeah, we have, you know, AI coming in, all these things coming in and changing the job force. But what people don't realize is we don't need the jobs we had before because baby boomers are now 70 years old. You know what I mean? Baby boomers are now retiring. They're hitting that retirement 60, 67 to 72. They're in that age. Those jobs that they had to have created for them are no longer needed. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. AI is essentially filling those jobs you know and i mean it's gonna fill more too you know what i mean but i know for myself because i i had a whole thought about oh my god the other day because somebody got a hold of me like would you like you know what they're gonna give me their prototype for ai to write a bunch of stuff and i'm like oh so cool this is dynamic wow huge and then i went oh, wait a second that's gonna eliminate i mean it's gonna make my life easier but it's gonna eliminate what what's it gonna eliminate you know what i mean and mm -hmm. and and in my world, AI is never going to be able to do a psychic reading. I don't think, <laughs> you know, you never know. Right. It shouldn't affect me too much. But I thought about that and I thought that's scary. But as talking to you, I'm like, there's a huge population that we don't have anymore. And yeah. I, I, I think it's scary in that it's a structure that's breaking down. I also think it was a crappy structure. You know, the, in, you know, we went from a village economy to the industrial revolution and, and the industrial revolution is what, created, um, you know, uh, Monday through Friday, eight to five or eight to eight or right. whatever. created assembly lines. I mean, if you look at the history of work, the industrial revolution created this blip. And so I, I actually think um, in many ways, having worked in corporate America for a very long time, it's, it's kind of an evil thing. So it's I mean, not, not evil per se, but I think that um, oh, it's, yeah. it, it's not really healthy. The, the current work environment is, is decidedly unhealthy for us. I think it's why I think I figured out after looking at numbers based on the labor, labor statistics is that if, if you think about it, there are probably 92 million people in this country who don't like their work. So that's 92 million people who don't enjoy what they do on a daily basis. So what is that 92 million people with their negative energy doing to, yeah. the, to the planet, to each other, to our families, to the animals, the environment. So it's, um, I don't think it's a bad thing that these systems are breaking down, but I also feel like we have to prepare for what's coming and mm -hmm. what's coming. And, and by preparation, I mean, actually learning to be able to talk about yourself in a way as a functional skill base versus a job title. Right. So you if I ran into you at a party, I said, what do you do? You could say I'm a psychic, but you could also say um, I connect people to um, their multidimensional self. I mean, I don't know, but there would be something that we wouldn't use the word psychic, but right. we would actually explain, you know, what it is that you do in a way that people can go. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Uh, you know, oh, I got that already. It's simple. I talk to dead people. People look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And what do, you do? what do you do? I talk to dead people. And I teach people how to talk to dead people. And they go, huh? And this is like a five-hour conversation uh -huh. once we're done. You know what I mean? Because all of a sudden they get the ICP dead people thing in their head. And I, I've gotten over my fears. I'm way out of that class. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd probably be more eloquent about it, but <laughs> or not. I mean, you know, uh, you're not doing so bad. You got people coming towards you, and you got a great podcast, and uh, and also who you are. I mean, you're very direct. 
um, you're, you're very, I always experience you as very clear. Like mm -hmm. when I communicate with you, it's a very clear communication. I don't experience um, weirdness or, 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 or energy blockers or anything like that. I just, it's very, very clear. I think that's why we enjoy talking to each other because it's very, a very, I'm very blunt. <laughs> just, well, blunt is one word. Clear is another, right? I mean, it's just. <laughs> I got this open mouth shit comes out type scenario going. I'm talking that way about yourself. <laughs> it's unfiltered. It's just unfiltered. And I've, I've, I've softened my words in time, but I think the energy behind it's pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. I've just learned to soften my words and I've learned to, I don't have to say everything, yeah. you know? Which ends up being a bit, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Now, do you find anybody where, um, when you're talking to them about career and using the psychic and, and bringing this all together, do you see people going back to what maybe their childhood dreams were? Like what they thought they were going to be when they were children? Yeah. No. <laughs> Not I mean, I don't, wanna, I don't want to say no bluntly like that, but it's so so there is, from a psychological perspective, there is a way in which we grow and develop. We've seen it in our children, right? So we have different ego identity stages. And career development doesn't kick in until about the age of 12 or 13 or 14. Okay. So career development is when people, be, is that usually the ego identity has become pretty firmly established. And this is when we begin to think, oh, I'm not a part of mom and dad. I have my own social group. And this is when technically career development starts. So during that time, so up until then, we're kind of like just blah, floating around, you know, learning how to be growing, neural pathways developing. And then from 13, from 13 to 30 is supposed to be the exploration period. Okay. Where we examine different ideas and have different thoughts and, um, and try different things and fail and then try a new thing and, and see if we like that. Now, the challenge is, is that for many of us, uh, unfortunately, most of us, although I know how unfortunate it is, trauma usually plays a pretty significant role in stopping that development. And this includes as children. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. So when I work with adults who are usually anywhere between 30 to 45 to 65, even 70, their, um, their dreaming had been shut down at a pretty early stage. And this goes across um, socioeconomic, this goes across race, this goes across um, ethnicity, this goes, um, you know, my parents, my mother's a Holocaust survivor. I've worked with people who have like, you know, grandparents from the depression era. We can talk about slavery. So a lot of these, uh, right. there's, there's what, four out of five women have been sexually abused. And I can tell within the first 10 minutes by how a woman talks about work, whether she has unhealed sexual trauma. Um, and unfortunately, I'm almost never wrong. So, um, so, so this question about, you know, remembering what we wanted to do as kids, I think a lot of us didn't get a chance to imagine what we could do as kids. I think so, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that um, for many people who come to me, the conversation begins, uh, uh, and there's an exercise I have called the 21. And it's 21 things you would do if you could do anything. And people struggle with this exercise. They think I'm saying 21 jobs. And my directions are very clear. This is not about jobs. If you want to put in jobs, you can't. This is about like, if you've ever thought about being a fairy princess or a mermaid or, you know, a, a fictional character, it can go here. And so- I got to write these down and send them to you. <laughs> it, it, you should. And it, it begins the process of having people dream. And for many of us, we never really even got the chance. And yet it's essential to, 
to figure out, you know, what is, and by the way, I only work on next steps with people. I don't work on long-term forevers because it ties back to our original conversation about evolution, that what you do now for the next year, you know, may lead you to your next thing, or you may realize you didn't like it, you know, that you wanted to try it and you didn't like it. And so uh, it's a great question, but I mean, when we get serious about it, I can say that I think a lot out of a chance to dream right well see and see for myself and i'll because when my childhood because i have a lot of trauma in my childhood mm-hmm. the one thing that's a constant for me is always remembering been in those auditoriums as kids you know sitting on the floor yeah. looking at the stage you know we all i mean at, at some point we all did that and that's a memory for me a constant memory mm-hmm. that is often in my brain and me looking at that stage going i want to be up there someday I want to be up there someday. You know what I mean? I didn't know what I was going to do. Even during like talent shows, everybody was like putting their hand up. Everybody wanted to form groups. I never wanted to be in a group. I remember doing it by myself, always by myself. You know what I mean? And it was, that's a memory for me. And I didn't know what I was going to be, but I can always remember I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be that person. But do you, do you, okay. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. I don't know if you can connect with this, but what, was the experience you had when you were on stage? That's really weird because I can remember on stage because literally I was, it turned me into a pageant princess the whole 10 yards, you know, and dancing the whole 10 yards. But there was a sense of just fulfillment. I always, I liked watching people smile. I liked watching people, how they were reacting to whatever I was doing, you know, um, I knew applause were at the end weren't about me doing a good job. It was, I, you could see the smiles in their faces and that was huge for me. You know, it wasn't, you know, and I see according to saying attention, but for me, it wasn't attention. Cause I can remember being on stage going, I don't want them looking at me. And I can remember freezing at certain times, but I do remember looking at them smiling back at me, you know, and it was always this effect back and forth. And so what did that give you? That gave me a huge sense of purpose. Mm, I, I think the thing is that we is that we have just this is always an interesting experience when people, you know, define. Oh, no, not at all, Courtney. <laughs> she, said, she said not in a bad way. I said nope, not. I didn't take it in a bad way. Oh no, no, no. But I think it's important though to look at um, when you were on stage and you were performing. Um, you were you were experiencing something inside of you that felt aligned. Oh yeah, very right. much so. Like but that you were also looking at like, and that alignment might be that you were bringing, uh, you were entertaining, that you were bringing joy to people. That, and then what happened when people experienced joy? So that would be the next question for you. Oh, they they would be so happy. They'd and what happy. and what does happiness give you? Oh, it makes you feel so much better. When yeah. you make somebody else happy, I would feel so happy. Yeah, you know? I'd love to get you on the seat. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> it's just, it's a little bit like I get yeah. this when I ask a woman, like you know, when, we, when, when we're talking with my female clients and we're um, and I say, no, what do you love doing? They say, I just want to help people. Yeah. I just want to help people. Okay. So you can't say that anymore. 
I mean, that's the first thing I'll say to people is you can't say that anymore. So we women are genetically designed to help people. We have mm -hmm. a hormone called um, oxytocin. It's a bonding agent. It gets lit up when we are nursing. It gets lit up between women. When women are around each other, oxytocin kicks in. Strangely enough and fascinating enough, um, testosterone and oxytocin don't match. <laughs> it tends to uh, actually clash. Um, and so we are designed to collaborate, to nurture, to, um, you know, bring people together. Now, the thing is, is that that's not enough because if you go around saying, I just want to help people. I mean, that's actually a no, no. When I'm talking, I tell them you have to take that off because we won't work to be that when you're doing this thing that you are, you are feeling a sense of fulfillment mm -hmm. and also that, helping people i mean are we talking about codependency are we talking about being overly empathic and i mean it's a deeper conversation so when i work mm -hmm. with people that's something women in particular we have to stop saying that what i want people to be able to do is to say um i do this like you can be like i when i entertain or when i engage people i know here we go go ahead There's so as a child, this is a little bit of a download. As a child, uh, I don't know what kind of environment you grew up in, but you were already psychic and already vibrationally in tune. So what you saw making people happy was raising the vibration of, of the audience, raising the energetic vibration of people in your life. And when that happened, you got to be your highest energetic self as well. Bingo. Yeah. So um, this is like, this is why career voyant is so helpful because now we're going beyond and into, cause I can actually see you now. I can actually like understanding yet, understanding who you are in a bigger picture that you even then were fine tuned into the vibration of people around you and okay. that you knew in order to make yourself happier, there needed to be an elevation of vibration. So one of the ways you did that was through making people laugh because what happens when people laugh, their vibration rises. Vibration goes up. They feel joy. Their vibration goes up. Exactly. And what happens when we have a higher vibration? Everything's better, right? People are kinder, gentler um, to themselves, to others. There's collaboration. We make things work. Mm -hmm. So so even as a child, what you called entertaining on stage was really you working to raise vibration. Yeah, 110%. Because afterwards, where everybody else wants to applause, like, oh, how are you doing afterwards? I'm like, leave me the hell alone. I did what I wanted to do. That's I don't right. want, and I still do that. You know what I mean? I'm doing it now. Reading, I don't want to hear the feedback. Nothing personal. Anybody listening? I don't. I don't go for the. Oh, you did a great job. Blah blah blah. I go for. I hope I did something for you, and I walk away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I still hold that those same. You words. also see that we tend to use tiny words to describe you know, what's happening on a bigger picture. And so it's entertainment. And, you know, there, and I believe for you that was happening, I think for a narcissistic actor, something else is happening, <laughs> you know, but, um, but that's not who you are because you've dedicated your life to, mm -hmm. I mean, you were a nurse. Yeah. Right. So you actually have dedicated your life to healing. Healing. Right. And I so was, I was a nurse that didn't come in and like, Oh, it'll be okay. I was get your butt out of bed. Let's get going. You know, I was that nurse. I was the nurse you really didn't want to see coming, but I was the one you found a hug when you left. <laughs> you, know I mean? you raised, you, you I saw, people, you, you saw, you actually, you wouldn't do that to somebody who was really sick and couldn't do it, but oh, you do it to somebody who you knew needed 
to yeah. shift their vibration so that it could rise and that they would feel, and you knew they'd feel better because you're psychic. So exactly. yeah, exactly. And that's basically what I did as a nurse. I mean, I was talking about that before you came on. I use my abilities so much in my nursing. It wasn't until I realized how much I used that I realized I was doing the wrong job. Or you did the job, or it was, again, it's, it's, it was a container for what you were hoping to accomplish at that time. It's like, you know, we're looking around like, okay, where do I put this? Where do I put this? Uh, I can put it into nursing, right? right? Or I can put it into teaching, or I could put it into being a plumber. So it's just, you know, it's, it's like, how do I, I mean, we are energy in a container. Right. That is who we are. We are <gasps> this energy that is actually in a, con or, or an organic container created by the earth. And so we actually have this like partnership between spirit and earth and the spirit comes in and the earth energy holds it into an organic container. You're right. So we spend, you know, as, as energetic beings in a container, you know, we're always looking for the container. <laughs> and I think what I'm looking for, you know, we were talking about it is eliminating containers so I can be the being the, the expansive being that I came here to be. So yeah. yeah. So I think it's just that you had this thing and you found all these different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. I love it. You've got so many comments going on. It's just oh, really? <laughs> it amazing. I'm watching them. Just, everybody. Hi, Torin. Torin is watching. I love this. Everybody hi. is just so many comments. So many are like, oh my gosh, it's almost like um, just aha moments for so many people today, which is just so dynamic. I love watching this. Just the, it's almost like I can hear see light bulbs going off and people going, holy shit, this is what's been going on. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is like when we come out of the closets that keep us small yeah. um, and feel safe for periods. I mean, let's not knock closets. You know, I, I remember when my son was three years old and he went inside the closet and like just to, he was like, you know, doing this thing and I came inside and I said, Hey baby, what's wrong? And, you know, just remember, it's just a thought that you're having. And he's like, and he just looked at me, he goes, this is my closet. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, alone. Let me just be in my closet for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, closets provide a certain level of fate, safety and security until, until they become, you know, until they become constrictive and, and it doesn't fit anymore and it's not safe. And now we're just staying because we think we're supposed to, or yeah. But it's not why we come here. And I've decided I don't need a closet. I just need a wall behind me. So I feel like I'm safe behind me, but the rest is all open. Beautiful. I love okay. that. That's not a container. So Spirit said to me that what I needed at this stage in my life was not a container. I needed a platform. Oh, and that was so it's sort of like what you're talking about with the wall, except that they showed it to me this way. Like, like, like it's like taking the container, opening it up, and now you have the platform. And, and that's what I want. That's how I want people. I, I want work to be medicine for people. I love that. So what, what we come here to do is, is to heal. I mean, people want to know what their purpose is. So here it is right. just to grow and change and evolve. That's it. That's why. And we chose earth, probably one of the hardest places to come to, but we consciously chose it because we want to evolve as spirits and we forget that we want to evolve as souls and we forget that. Some of us forget that. Some of us remember that. And so um, anything that's going to constrict us is not going to feel aligned. So um, I believe that our work is our medicine and that we heal through our work. 
Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Courtney just wrote, as you were saying, that we should serve, work should serve us, not it, as serving it, us serving it. So I think we're saying the same thing, which is the, the question is, what is the thing I most need to heal? So it's so interesting. I, I don't know if you experienced me this way, but I'm in a, a another group of psychics as well. And they said that when they first met me, they noticed I screened them. And that was a really interesting observation. So I went back and I looked at like, well, that makes sense. I mean, given all the physical trauma I've had in my early years that I would, you know, set up like sort of screening system. But also, what did I do professionally for 25 years? Right. I was a recruiter. <laughs> what did I do? I screened people professionally. Oh. Right. And that's just it. I don't know if you so much screened me. I can remember when we met because it was actually what just over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And there was all these dynamic people there. We were just in a room full of just amazing people. Yeah, you were. And um, I remember kind of like in this, I didn't know if you knew anybody else there or not, but I just felt like it was like you found me and that was it. You know what I mean? And I don't think it was so much screening. I think part of you felt safe. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't even know why. Because I didn't feel like I was there as a student. I wasn't there as a teacher. Remember, I was a fellow student with you guys. You know yeah, yeah. I mean? right. right. And as you were finding safety, I was looking for safety. Does that make sense? And I think it just it ended up being forming this this small group that we had formed. Mm -hmm. Because I think we were all looking for that same thing. And, and poor Amy just held us all. <laughs> She's such a pillar in Iraq. But I, I can honestly say at that meeting, I don't, I think the next time around I felt screened by you, but not the first time. I think the next time you were looking at me like, huh, why do I feel safe around her? What's, I think what's going on with her? I was not conscious that I was doing that. So no, I know. it wasn't until a group of wise women said, this is how we experience you. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So yeah. I got to look at it and I thought, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. And I don't want to do recruiting anymore. <laughs> so I don't want to do recruiting full time anymore for, for corporate settings. I still enjoy right. it, but I will have a very different perspective when I, if, if I was to reenter that world, because I'd realized now that what I was doing was playing out an old wound. Mm. Right? And so I actually wrote a book many years ago called inside job, eight secrets to loving your work and thriving. And one chapter is called fire the 14 year old running the show because mm. Unless you have this acknowledgement that we're coming from habituated thought patterns, which were formed, these, these patterns are formed between the ages of zero and 14. Are the, are, this is like when we formulate our perception of the world based on how we treat it, based on our fears, based on our trauma. And so if we don't look at those patterns, everybody shows up to work at about the age of 14. Mm -hmm. Right. So if something happens and a, and a co-worker triggers you and the two of you start like going at it. It's really your two 14 year old selves just going at it because people haven't stopped to think about it. So that makes so much sense. Doesn't it? When I tell people they're so like, Oh my God. Or then we pick the same boss over and over again. And this is, this is why I stopped people from just going from one job to another before they look at their thought patterns. Otherwise we keep picking the same narcissistic asshole bosses mm -hmm. or we keep, getting the same clients because we're playing out these habituated thought patterns that are actually attracting people to us. Right. So like, you know, the secret, the movie, the secret that talked all about, yeah. I feel like they oversimplified things. It was no secret. It was no secret. Number one. <laughs> and number two, they didn't talk about the, the unconscious habits of thought that, 
because that's actually what is drawing to us the same experiences over and over again. So our work in this lifetime is to really heal those belief systems, heal those uh, relationships and work can be a great outlet for you. Nursing at the time was an outlet for raising people's vibration and for healing whatever you needed to heal within yourself, mm-hmm. not just in this lifetime, but in previous lifetimes as, as well. And I feel that's a big thing for myself. And I didn't come to that realization to the last couple of years where I have actually gone on this journey to heal this. Go, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? I, I started, gosh, in 2017 is when I started this whole healing process. But it's been the last couple of years that I, I jumped into hypnotherapy and went, oh. let's find where these where these issues are. And we, we literally when we take me under, we don't keep it to this lifetime or another lifetime. We just go, where are where is we talk? We have this counseling session. Mm-hmm. Where, what do, why are you here today? Well, I'm feeling this or that. OK. And then she formulates it. And then when I go under, she just goes, take that soul to where it needs to go for this. And it's almost always in a past life somewhere or multiple past lives, which is so dynamic. Yep. So incredible. You know, to see that some of these patterns have been going on for so many lifetimes. It's crazy. Well, I mean, we we come here to heal those patterns. That is our work in this lifetime. That's our job. Our job as a soul is to go in and to review these patterns and to try to either stop them or heal them. I mean, that's why we keep coming back. Yeah. That or I think we might get bored sometimes we're on the other side and there's instant manifestation. And I'm like, yeah, that's fun. But I think I want to struggle more. <laughs> you know, I had somebody on once, <laughs> I had somebody on once that, that told me, you know, and it made so much sense. They're like, there's multiple worlds. I'm like, I believe that. I mean, I, I'm not going to be that that person says, that, you know, Earth is the only one. But they said, you know what, when we come back, sometimes you, you, you go, I just want an easy lifetime. I just kind of want to breathe. So you'll pick a different world of, you know, pink pandas running around in tutus or whatever it might be. Exactly. exactly. You're, you're, you're learning how to, you know, do a unicycle. And that's your purpose for that lifetime because you just want to have a break, you know. And this lifetime, if you come to Earth, it's because you just went, I want to do some work and I want to, you know what I mean? And I'm like, that makes so much sense. And that's our job. Yeah. I mean, that that is why we come into organic bodies is because mm-hmm. we came here to do the work and it's not supposed to be easy. I mean, I mean, clients ask me that all the time. When's it going to get easier? And I say, I think it gets easier the more we evolve and work through our stuff. But as long as you're here, there's going to be either a physical challenge, a mental challenge, a heart challenge, because it's actually why you came here. Right. So I think I had one client recently when I said that to her, she went, okay, so that just made everything make sense. And then, and then I think when you, when you see it that way, it's a little bit easier to take things less personally. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, like it's like, oh, okay, this is happening because it's a pattern. Like I was taught that in relationships, relationships are just mirrors for what's mm-hmm. what I need healing in. So if I'm struggling with this, then that means that's my wound, which means I need to work on that. That doesn't mean I need to stay in the relationship, but it does mean that this is what I, this is what I came here to work on. Right. I know for myself when I need a break, and I don't know about you, but, and it doesn't happen very often, but when I need a break, yeah, I just go, this is my day. I'm going to lay in bed and watch Star Wars or Harry Potter or Star Trek or Star Trek. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Whatever has got a long running series to it. And to me, it is the best feeling. This is my day off. And again, I haven't had it in years. I need to do it again. Because if I don't do it when I feel like I need to do it, I end up getting sick. And then I'm in bed for two or three days, which everybody knows that happens to me, especially lately it has. But I will sit there and I will go, okay, marathon's on. And I will curl up in my bed and turn it on. I cool. feel like when I read you recently, I told you you had to stop and rest. Is, yeah. I said, wait, you're like. Yeah, I did. I got the flu. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And then this is how it went, Sherry. Because I haven't ta- we haven't talked in the last few months, right? It's so, been a month and a half, yeah. Okay. Had I had surgery yet or no? Surgery for what? I mean, I'm allowed to ask I you. I hadn't talked then because I had, I had hand oh, surgery. Oh, that's right. So, I, you were going into the hand surgery. Yeah. So literally, I, I, I got the flu, then I got a cold, then I went into hand surgery. <laughs> it was all in like a two-week period of time. And think I remember people going, Diet, I'm here and you need to take a break. Diet, you need to take a, just one day off. You just need to like no grandkids, no this, no that. And I didn't listen. I told you that too. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was literally two weeks of going... And literally, I had surgery the next day. I, I started my normal routine again. I just did it with one hand. Okay. <laughs> you know? I remember if you had the brace on or not. It doesn't, matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I remember but, the message. I did. I just got yeah, the, like, yeah, you've got to slow down, chill out just a little yeah. bit. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, but for me, it's taken those days. And I have to learn to incorporate those days that I just go, I'm going to woosa, you know, and since I'm not good at doing that, you know what I mean? I, I, when I had regular TV, I was good at just like, Oh, wait, star Wars is on. What the hell? Sit down. Next thing I know it's, it's midnight and it's dark. And the only thing I've gotten up for is cookies and ice cream, you know, throughout the whole day. It's an amazing day. So now I use like, because spring is here, you know, I'm not quite, I mean, we're 42 degrees today. <laughs> I planted my garden. I've, you know, I've, I've done that. So I've spent days doing that. So I've incorporated relaxation with work to say I'm still relaxing. So I want to point out something that's really interesting, which is the distinction we make between work and life or the distinction we make between rest and work. Um, this, I call this the split. It, it comes from, I think, sort of the Puritan work ethic that everything has to suck and be hard in order for it to be valid. And I think that's why so many people are so sick, because mm-hmm. there's this belief system, like people will literally say to me, oh, I can't do that. I like it. Why can't you do it? Because it's something I really like. Okay, so you only want to do things you don't like? Right. Like when you say it back, it's like, oh, I said, so that would literally be like falling in love with someone knowing they're your mate, but not choosing them because you'd be happy. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, well, when you put it that way, and it's the same thing. So we've created this split with work, which is that work has to suck. And then we have to do that for eight to 10 hours a day. So we're, we're doing something that's literally depleting us and then go to their other life. And by this point you have no energy. So work is our healing and healing is our work. And so if we begin to integrate this concept that, I mean, the truth is, is that I don't think we talk enough about this as psychics. I know Lisa does, which is so important, which is that 
our work is actually quite exhausting and it's not even exhausting just energetically, but neurologically as well. When she talks about, you know, what happens to our brain when we're doing readings, it's, it's extraordinary and it's exhausting. And I don't do back-to-back readings anymore because I make sure there's a break in between at least a good hour or so or, or more. I eat, I rest because it's my work and I love doing it. So it's fulfilling, but it's also tiring. And so it's, we really want to sort of build a new concept of work that there's not like work is here, mm-hmm. life is here. It's like, it's this. Right. <laughs> you no, know, we are our work. Our work is us. And when we keep this, continue to build this separation, it, it, it um, not categorizes it, it. It does categorize, but it creates separation. So we're literally separating our, ourselves out. We're separating out our energy. We're dividing ourselves into pieces. And we can't no no soul can sustain that on a on a long term basis. Oh, I I couldn't agree with you hundred. I mean, I have I've had to look at my work as my work, fun. Is, work is my fun. You know, um, this yes. is where I enjoy. This is what I love to do. So it allows me to do more of it. Exactly. But, but I have to incorporate because I'm not good at taking days off. You know, what I mean, I'm good at sitting on my butt and watching the grandkids if I need to. But again, that's another form of work. It is. It is. But so I incorporate vacations now and people look at me like I'm going, I'm literally going to Mexico twice this year and I'm going to Florida once. And everybody's like, hi, Florida. Hi. She's like, Florida. What are you? I'm coming to Florida. I'm coming to Florida in September. I'm bringing my grandson. Where are you going? Uh, Disney you, know, World. you know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to get down there, Sherry. We already know I am. And I mean, we're going to have to do a work slash fun trip, you know? Um, and you know, I'm coming and just, we just don't know when Okay. But, um, it's literally, I now incorporate vacations and people go, how can you, how can you do that? How, how can you do that? Well, I will tell you, I used to spend a lot of money at the tavern or on boats or all these other things that really didn't give me a sense of vacation. They gave me a sense of I'm exhausted. I might've been having fun, but it was exhausting when I got, I needed a, I needed a day off for my day offs, you know? Yep. So now I take that money and I go to Mexico. I can go to Mexico all inclusive for five days for fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, she, she's like, "What?" And then you get, you get tummy aches when you go. It's for two people, huh? Do you get tummy aches when you go? No, no, no. Okay, I want to go with you. I want to go. Just tell me where you're going. I show up. <laughs> me and my granddaughter were going in five or in like two months, <laughs> not even two months. Excellent. You know. Yeah. So I told her I want to go to Mexico. She went, I want to go to Florida. I said, I took you to Florida twice last year. She goes, okay, we'll go to Mexico. So <laughs> we're going to Mexico. You know what I mean? Um, but that's my idea of taking a break. That's right. my idea. of Because when I go, it's on my time. It's mm-hmm. mine. And I think people need to, I, I think people are also in this idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, but because we get in this whole work, 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 or race, we're taking that one week vacation a year. And oh my gosh, we got to save every penny we got for that one week vacation and go broke on it when you really don't. Because I know within myself over the last few years, I realized I can take four days off. I can take five days off. I can take two days off and still have a vacation that's yep. not costing me any more money. It's not destroying my bank account to do these things. You know, um, I've been very blessed to start channeling um, Aya the earth as well. So I'm no longer just channeling spirit, but the earth, the earth mother, she actually gave me a grid. I swear to swear to you, I wrote this all down. I think we've even talked about this. And she explained to me how energy in energy out, 
right? And to, and this is how I prioritize my projects now is I, and, and people in my life, by the way. So if there's a person in my life, I measure on a scale between one and five, how much energy is going out and how much energy is coming back. So the, the idea is that we're living in a place where there's a sort of healthy energetic loop and things aren't always, your energy isn't always going back, that there's also a feeding. Like, you know, like a car needs gasoline, humans need to have energy back. And so, yes, we produce our own, but if it's always going out, it's easy to get depleted. So right. this is how I, I choose my projects and even choose my people now. So if I give this much energy out, it, how much is coming back? And sometimes, you know, if, like in relationships, energy doesn't come back equally. But that's okay because it ebbs and flows and it feeds us. And so I think it's important to look our, our, at our work the same way. So when you thought about going to be a nurse and you thought about that, you know, when you did the cell, the, not the cell phone, the payphone thing, um, you know, it was, I mean, what you were basically doing is having a conversation with yourself. Like that's too much energy out. There's nothing coming back. I'm not doing it anymore. Right. So. Okay. Right. And so if we have a natural relationship with our work where it's going out, but it's also coming back and it's going out, it's coming back, you know, then then that natural ebb and flow is is actually healing. And we don't necessarily even need that many breaks unless we realize that we're tired. I have no the idea of retiring is repulsive to me. The idea of not doing this work. I can't even conceive of it. Does that mean I don't want to take time out to write books or to do things differently? But I don't want to stop my work because my work is what I came here to do. Right. I love that. Yeah. I want to ask you about the steps career. Academy. Yes. Yes. I don't want to not talk about that. We've got <laughs> so many amazing things to talk about. I'm going to keep you over if that's okay with you. That sounds great. Thank you. I want, I don't, I want to value your time, but I want to talk about that too, because I think it's a valuable part, something you've created, which is amazing. Yeah. And it's interesting. I was talking to a client. Um, I've had many clients who said to me, this isn't just about career. This is about life. And so I, I may actually create a new tab on the website called the steps life system, because mm -hmm. it's really the same conversation. So first of all, I want to say that none of us were taught how to manage our careers. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like we weren't taught how to manage our checkbooks, for sure. But nobody ever had a conversation with us like, you know, this is how you look for work. This is how you decide what you want to do next. Like, because I think, again, we have this this ethic that, you you know, this old broken system of like you do one thing for life and that's it, which was ridiculous always. So um, so the steps. First, I want to say the steps career system was co-created. I had a business partner probably 15 years ago who helped me with this, but really it was co-created with Spirit. They were very clear on how to, the, most of that book I was talking about was channeled. It was just me sitting at the desk. It was a collaboration between my skills as a career counselor and a recruiter with their information. So right. the academy is designed to teach this process to people so um, that they will begin to learn how to make. So when they realize the container has gotten too small, they're like, that's okay. Let's go through the steps process and figure out what I want to do next. So it's broken up into six sessions. The, sec the first thing we do, the very first thing we do is look at your hots, your habits of thought. What are your belief systems about work? What did your parents think about work? What did your grandparents think about work? Uh, what are your own, um, you know, like the I'm a fraud thing, like, you know, that thought, we pull out all these thoughts about work so we can just put it up there and say, okay, so this is your belief system. Is any of that true? Right. <laughs> we're like, no. So we do that. We do the 21 exercise where we're the 21 things you would do if you could do anything. 
This is designed to help you begin to see that you actually have themes of interest in your life. And it may be that you aren't even aware of these themes, but these themes have to be in your work in order for you to be happy. So one of your themes might be raising the vibration of people, helping people to raise to their next level of vibration could be a theme for you, which has to be in your work. And if that's not happening, you're not going to enjoy it. Then we look at the question is, what is the experience you want to have next? So that's how do you want work to feel? So as entrepreneurs, often we are alone. Right. And so off and on throughout my life as an entrepreneur, I've gotten lonely and went to go find a job just so that I could feel connected to other people. Now I don't want that job per se, but I may want to work with people. So I may want to find a workspace right. or join a therapeutic community, which I just did. So um, that fills the experience I want to have. Then we look at the parameters of your life. Parameters are the practicalities. How much money do you want to make? Um, do you want to work remote, hybrid, on site? It's just the practicalities, the day-to-day practicalities. Do you have to watch your grandchildren? Do you have young kids? Are you an empty nester? Yes. Right. So um, then the, the next thing we do is we do a skills inventory. And this is when we look at all the all the jobs you've had throughout your life. And we look at the hard skills and the hard skills are anything you can teach or learn. And then we look at the hard skills and say, OK, yeah, you've accomplished all these skills. You have all these hard skills. Which ones do you want to use and which ones don't you want to use anymore? Which ones do you love using? And which ones don't you? And so then we get down to the skills that you want to use. We look at what that's called. And then the last piece is what are you in service of? This is your why of work, right? If we don't have meaning around our work, then work is meaningless. Mm -hmm. And all the research shows that people actually can't be motivated. It is such, you can't, and money is not a motivator. People want to be inspired and mm-hmm. in, inspired. If you break out the word, it's in spirit. Yeah. Right. So people want to come from the inside out. That's what motivates people is inspiration. So we look at these five to six dimensions. And from this, the experience, the uh, parameters and service usually indicates who you want to work for or who you want to work with. And the skills are what do you want to do in that environment? And this helps people decide what they're going to do. It's a very practical step-by-step process. People can do it online by themselves. Um, And then I still meet with those students once a week to go over the assignments. We do that through a Zoom. Or people can work with me privately in an eight-part set, in in eight meetings um, to determine what they want to do next. The career voyant piece is more like a three-part coaching. We have one career voyant reading. We wait two to three weeks, process it, have another career voyant reading, and then we have a coaching session to tie it all together. Um, So that is the Steps Career Academy. Um, And like I said, the process that I teach can help you pick a car. (laughs) What is the experience you want to have? You know, what do you look for? What kind of, you know, do you want to drive fast? Do you want to drive slow? And what is it in service of? Like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have gotten a Honda Odyssey in service of my children. Now, a Miata looks better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> children, I got a Camaro. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. When I had, my children were little, I had a Camaro. I had car seats in. Badass. Laundry mat, the whole 10 yards, grocery shopping with this. And it was a 1973 Camaro. So I'll tell you what, what didn't have a lot of room. 
now that I'm older, I have the Dodge journey with the third road seating. Why? Because I actually carry more. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten bigger, not smaller. Well, that's actually kind of like, that's interesting, right? If we look at that from a container conversation. Yeah. Right. Well, it's even better because people go, why do you pick the Dodge journey? Because when you look at it, it's not exactly the most sporty. I mean, it's just shy of not being a van, really. And everybody goes, why of that? I'm like, because when I sat in it, I was like in my recliner. And I was like, <laughs> and everybody's, and like people have a hard time driving my vehicle because it is so comfortable and it'll put you to sleep if you're not, if you're not careful. And I'm like, but I travel yeah. everywhere. I want something that's just like, ah, uh. so, so even if I get something new, I'm taking my seats with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the experience. You're very clear on the experience you want to have. So I, I really wanted to make sure that everybody had the option to learn this. And before, I mean, I hadn't changed my rates for years. I'd been at 175 and people still had a hard time affording that because, you know, when people are in career transitions, they often feel like they don't have money. So the Academy is, they can take themselves to the do it yourself process. It's $99. And right. And then I meet with them um, on usually on Wednesdays from three to four as a group to answer their questions. If they're looking for more in-depth, like one-to-one personal services, then we do a private coaching um, pack package. Um, And I am finding more and more people are wanting that. So, uh, Oh, and in May we're starting the job discovery program. It is ready to launch actually um, maybe in another week, we're going to be launching the job discovery program, which will support people who are actually in a job search. So they'll be able to go to my site. There will be a series of uh, videos that they can review, like how to answer the first five questions of a screening interview, how to negotiate your salary. How do you prepare for interviews? How do you know, how do you do a job search? Um, Are all, they're all up there. I think the fee is like $24 a month. And, and also I'll be going live with job discovery, people helping them with their job search, helping them with um, their job strategy, et cetera, their, their mindset during a job search, because there's very few things as debilitating as looking for work. <laughs> very few things are as uh, contain as much rejection as mm-hmm. um, as looking for work. So it's helping people to maintain a positive mindset so they can have a you know productive job search. So, yeah. And I love the fact that it's online and what you do, because that means you don't have to be in America to, to access it. No. And there are plenty of people in other countries that find this very helpful because because uh, how Americans even create resumes are very different than how um, in Britain, they're very different. Very, oh, very different. And, and I will tell you, most of my podcast people are at in, are in England or they're over there. You know, they're over across. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the resumes there are very personal. They have marriage status, children, age all the things that are illegal here. <laughs> so, so they need to adjust their resumes when they're applying for jobs here. Which I think is amazing, which is amazing. I love that. You know what I mean? I love that. So I'm, I'm just so happy that you have created some. Thank you, Courtney. I understood it. Um, <laughs> I, you, you know, you have, you've created something that just really is, it's multi-generational and it goes across the seas and it goes everywhere. And it's just such a help. I'm on so many different levels and you've literally taken the psychic and mixed it with, I want to say practical and made it a beautiful service to people. It is. I mean, it's, that's why I say it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, years of experience as a recruiter, career counselor tied into now, I think it's really just being overt and saying, and I'm a psychic and 
you know, sometimes our, our challenges are, are go beyond just what appears to be happening in front of us, as you know. And so, you know, it's often an energetic question or it can be a, a, an energetic block. I worked with a woman who was haunted by her uh, rapist and she knew it. I mean, she didn't know how to, um, he had passed and that energy was, was influencing everything. And so we actually, I mean, I never expected that reading to go there, but we ended up helping him to pass. I ended up helping him to pass and she felt like a hundred pounds lighter afterwards. So never expected that in a career buoyant reading, but it was important. It was somebody, one person has a question I want to ask before I let you go, yeah. but she said, um, if your parents had issues with working life or lack of working life, do most of children reflect the opposite of ab opposite avenues? I wouldn't give anybody a most, I think people respond differently in different situations. So it may be that, um, this person has over, uh, accommodated and, you know, is it, it's, it's, it's so much more complicated. Like I've seen, like, I can also tell who an uh, who was an athlete in high school by how, by how they talk about work because they tend to uh, just approach it from a different standpoint. So I don't mean to not answer the question. It's, it's what's more interesting to me is that this is how this person responded to it. Right. So, and that's one of the questions I ask is what was your response to the trauma? Because mm -hmm. even in that is an indicator of who you are. So some yeah. people go and play musical instruments. Some people mm -hmm. go hide in their rooms. Some people become cheerleaders. They want to be in the spotlight. Like how we respond to the right. trauma is an indicator of who we are. That is so funny because as you're saying this, I'm literally going over my life, my childhood going, wow. So I was always on stage. I was always there. I was the cheerleader. I was show choir. I was the play person. I was pageants. I was all of that. But when the lights were off, I wanted to be left alone by myself. I never went like slept over at friends' houses. I, I didn't go out partying. I didn't do any. I wanted to be left. I wanted to be alone, you know? So even as I got older and I had boyfriends in high school, we would go out, me and him would go out, you know, the father of my children, but we didn't go to parties. We didn't go do this. We go and have dinner. We go and hang out together. We go watch TV, whatever. I wasn't that big social bug. But I was always the person in my my e my alter ego was always out there, and then the true self was always hidden. So well, or you I were re-energizing yourself. That might be. <laughs> That's one of the descriptions. If you know of a, an intro, just because you're introverted, it's just if we look at the Myers Briggs, which I don't use very much anymore. Right. But they, they what Jungian philosophy is that um, we're we have a preference for something and it's how we get energized. So right. you were out in public, but the way you energized yourself was by being quiet. Yeah. And that's and I still do it. And you still do it, which is, this is how you were describing. Are there any more questions I can answer from your, your community? No, I keep looking. We've been asking them as we've been going, I've kind okay. of been incorporating them in there. Everybody's just like, they're just aha moments. Like, Oh my God, this is who I am. This is, you know, just incredible. Um, just the interactive, you know, I've been, again, mixing them in. People are telling you, thank you. And just thank you, ahas, which is awesome. You know, I just love that. I can't even tell you. And somebody said, what's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> oh, it's, it has to be vegan. <laughs> so, um, uh, there's a new one I'm eating now. It's chocolate, it's chocolate, it's Oreo caramel. Oh, I'm now I'm going to have to go get it. I hope you're happy. It's like vanilla or I don't know, chocolate, chocolate and, and Oreos. Oreos are 
vegan. So that's kind of cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's why, because I since my surgery, I, I used to eat ice cream like you wouldn't believe, you know, and I would have told you my favorite back then was vanilla ice cream with, you know, the Nestle's chocolate powder over top of it, tons of yes. it. Like, almost where it's not even ice cream anymore, you know? Now I can't tolerate, and I go, eh. But if I want that couple of bites, I want to go to Cold Stone. I want to get chocolate, and they've got to mix in a little bit of caramel and a bunch of hurt heat pieces. I, I get the lucky I really hate really this conversation. Me. I'm going to make a stop today. And and, <laughs> and for me, the big thing, anybody who knows me knows this, is, is, is chocolate sprinkles. I, I think <laughs> chocolate, I like a little ice cream with my chocolate sprinkles. Is yes. <laughs> ice cream it's what you put on top of it chocolate sprinkles for me it, it just makes life so much better when there's chocolate sprinkles so I yeah love it. i love it. Um, love it if people want to reach me i mean they can go to the steps career academy.com and there's a way they can reach me there um they can i also have sherryplatt.com which is a, a good place to go and they and also my email is um sherryplatt1111 at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, so that was my next question. How do they find you before I let you go here? So yeah, the steps career academy.com, um, Sherry Platt.com, and then Sherry Platt 1111 at gmail.com. I love that. Yeah, yeah, feel free. I mean, I, I have a, a just reach me through email. I'll get back to you. I'm also an Instagram, I'm on TikTok. And so interesting, the more I talk about, I've talked a lot about the Academy and I had like 475 people. I started talking about Career Voyant. I got 85 new followers yesterday when I started talking about Career Voyant. So very interesting to see what people are interested in. I love that. I love that. And I hope you get many more because you you were so deserving and you helped so many. Thank I you. Love thank you. Yeah, well, well, thank you for coming on, Miss Sherry. You have been a blessing. Thank you. Gonna, I have to let you go because I have to do five card stud for everybody or I'll feel like <laughs> I, yes, I do. A, I, I call it five card stud. Why? Because I pull five cards. <laughs> uh, are they all studs or? Uh... They're all studs. And then I do a wild card at the end. So we're playing poker every Monday morning. We're just doing it with Oracle cards. Hey, hey thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate you too. thinking about me. And I appreciate you so much for coming in. For everybody else, um, I'll be back in a few minutes here after the break. And this is Diet on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. Bye-bye, Sherry. Thank you, darling. Bye, Thank you. Only 5% of our patterns of behavior are driven by our conscious mind. 95% of our patterns of behavior are driven by what we hold in our unconscious mind. Root Cause Therapy is a holistic healing modality using advanced testing methods to help you identify and shift the patterns and beliefs holding you back from achieving goals, changing unhelpful patterns, or stepping into the relationships you truly deserve. Using no drugs, no chemicals, Root Cause Therapy will help make your unconscious thoughts and beliefs conscious in order to achieve lasting change in a focused amount of time. Deidre Sanford is a certified Root Cause Therapy practitioner, energy worker, and psychic medium who knows her clients truly deserve to heal their deepest wounds in a safe container. 
By combining her skills in your root cause therapy program, Deidre will work with you to bring what's hidden deep in your mind to the forefront and to create lasting change. Root cause therapy is proven helpful in overcoming anxiety, emotional eating or spending habits, low self-esteem and many other unhelpful patterns based in your past experiences and incomplete emotional cycles. Contact Deidre today to learn how root cause therapy may assist you in letting go of that which is holding you back from achieving the life and relationships you truly deserve. Contact Deidre by calling 630-506-8381. That's 630-506-8381 or schedule your consultation at DeidreLSanford.com. Everybody, welcome back. This is Diet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. And we've had Miss Sherry Platt on today. She's a queer buoyant. Um, please find her on um, sherryplatt.com, queerbuoyant.com, or stepsacademy.com. Um, <laughs> okay, Diet, can you please not tell everyone about my shit? Pull the cards, just leave me out of this. <laughs> hey, well, Tim, we're doing five cards, Todd. And guys, I was shopping online. I found Temu. It's naughty. I got like six, seven extra decks. Oh my God, guys. I've been so naughty. I've been so naughty. So we're going to use the decks we've been using, but I'm going to add one in there for an extra card today. So we're going to use a Moonology today. As you know, guys, you pick one through five, pick one card, two cards, all five cards, whatever you want. Ten. Temu, T-E-M-U, Temu. Uh, <laughs> I do, too, Tim Courtney, I got a problem. So let's pull this. So, and for myself, I always pick all, yes, Casey, perfect. Thank you, darling. I always pick all five. Okay, it must, all five. I love it, Tim. So card number one is rotation. Oh, I like this rotation because this card is telling you you are in this. If you pick number one, you're in that process of literally harvesting all your fruits you're harvesting this you've put your time in you put the dime in you've done the work and now you're harvesting this is your glory part this is your moment to say you're not quite taking a break but you are noticing that harvest you've seen what your yield is you're putting them in baskets and you're you're seeing what your per se what you feel like your worth is you're seeing all the good you've done or if you've really kind of been naughty, you're also seeing ooh, what you've harvested there. But this is where you're sitting in that fruitation part, which is, I, I kind of like that because it tells me we're, we're about to finish and we're about to restart again. So part card number two, if you picked it, is the patience card. Remember that start again type thing, guys, if you picked all five. But if you pick number two and only number two, you're in patience. You need to take a moment. You need to take a breath. This is your day to take a day off. And to realize that things are coming to you, okay? Things are coming to you. You just have to be able to take a breath and go, it's okay. And, and, and really kind of sit back, okay? Card number three. Ooh, sovereignty. Ooh, sovereignty. I like this card. 
I got to think for a second when I look at this card and I'm just, I'm mind blown when I look at this card. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's so much the word is as much looking at this card, but you need to start putting yourself on your own pillar. You need to start looking at yourself. You know what? Holding yourself in that space that, you know what? Think about Queen Elizabeth and all the years that she reigned, okay? She was the sovereign of that, you know, that community or, you know, of, of many countries. And she's, she did it with such a thing. She didn't have to put her crown on her head to realize her worth. She didn't have to put a crown on her head to say that she was dynamic or that she was there to affect a lot of different people's lives. And that's what you're at, okay? If you picked card number three, you're starting to step into your own light, your own light. You're starting to look at yourself. You're starting to see the worth. You're starting to see your value. And you need to start looking at that in as respect to yourself. Okay. This respect to yourself to look out and see, you know what? I am here, but I'm affecting a lot of people. And probably in a very positive way. That card is like, oh, that card hit me right here. Card, card number four is the boundaries card. Okay. So boundaries means keeping those healthy boundaries, knowing when to say no, knowing when to say yes, knowing when that you need time for yourself, okay? And I do feel like that's what this is about. It's about just going, okay, this is my time, this is my space, and being able to put up the do not disturb sign. And card number five is blossoming. If you pick number five is blossoming. And when we're looking at the card number five, this is if you picked it, you are looking at this process of you are starting to flourish. You are starting to kind of come through. You are starting to bloom, okay? And this, you've, you've watered it. You've done it all. And it's just the beauty of you is coming out. Now, if you picked, okay, let's go over these individually. Again, card number one is fruitation. Card number two is patience. Card number three is sovereignty. If I'm pronouncing it right. Card number four is um, the boundaries. And card number five is blossoming. Now, if I'm looking at all these cards as all of them, you know what? You're you've you're at that point what in the beginning of the week that you're they're asking not to do it. Sorry, Tim, I did it. But you you're looking at the beginning of this is that you're you're finishing up one thing, you're finishing it, and you got to give yourself some patience to kind of go ah, breathe into this, but realize that as this week goes, as you go through this, you're gonna start to realize your own worth. You're gonna start to go. Oh my gosh, you know what? Oh my gosh, I, I'm figuring out who I am. I'm, I'm figuring out the dynamics of myself. And as you do that, you're going to have to realize that, you know what? You're stepping into a different space. You're stepping out of the space you've been in. You're stepping into a new space. And as you do that, you're going to have to learn to say yes. You're going to learn to say no. But that's okay because you really are going to blossom through this. So this really is a jam-packed week for you guys. You're finishing one thing and you're starting another thing which is phenomenal. I love that, okay? Now, we're going to pull another card here from the Beyond Lumera card, because I always like to use that because it really ties it all together. Um, she is not doing individual readings. I'm not. <laughs> oh, maybe I am. Who knows? So let's pull a card from this deck and kind of figure this out. Um, but no, not doing not doing readings for individual people right now. So the next card I pulled to pull it all together is this card. Isn't it gorgeous, guys? It's Journey to Wholeness. Wow, look at that. Love from a sense of wholeness. We ha may have concepts of others that are not really who they are due to subconscious projections or ideals. We could have the idea that we will feel better about ourselves when we achieve a goal or status. 
This takes us out of the present and puts conditions on love. Hold the vision that you are, that you and others are already perfect. Thus, we can heal through the transform, transformative power of acceptance. Acknowledge the full spectrum and bring any fractured parts back to the present moment. Here, we are whole and empowered to step into the brightest version of ourselves. I love that. Good morning, Michael. I love that. And I really do feel like that's what we've kind of been talking a lot about today. We've been talking a lot about that today. So I really kind of feel that holds it all together. Now, guys, everybody has these cards. I did not. And I was going not to. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. But I did it. I bought the Rebel deck, guys. I bought the Rebel deck. I love I love it. Michael uses these cards. Missy uses these cards. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so let's pull a card to see. So if you're looking at this deck, I love this card. It says you need a good fucking cry. Get the ugly cry on. Let the shit go. Your soul will thank you. Does this not just incorporate everything of today? All of it, I'll tell you what, get the ugly cry on, let it go, your soul will say thank you. And I do think that's what everything, I think that ties the whole show together, doesn't it? Just not the five card stud, but the whole show. This week, guys, is about you letting go of things. You saying, I, I'm I'm bringing together everything that, you know what, that, that I have managed to create. And you're letting go of the shit and you're just going to move on. You're going you're gonna to develop the next step of the new you that you're evolving into. And you're going to have a blessed time doing it. Okay? So that being said, guys, we're going to call it a day. I do want to let you know that Miss Janine Lee um, Estelle is on next week. Um, I don't even need to look at her name because I love her. Remember my trans medium from the UK that comes on and she brings to her guys and her voice changes. And it's so dynamic. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. She's going to be on next Monday. I've been holding that little secret. So she's coming on to do another train. We're going to talk more about her. She's going to do a trans demonstration again, guys, which is just so dynamic because her guides come in and they talk. And I love her guides. I love, love, love her guides. It's so awesome. Guys, you know, it just, to me, it's just so dynamic. It is so dynamic. I'm pulling out what I've done, guys. What I've done. I'm not going to go over all of them. But i got to show you what I did to myself. Plus, plus two more for, for friends. Yes. This is Temu. This is what they did to me. That's six... Six decks for me and two for friends. I strongly suggest you go watch them to look at, to browse. Don't put it all in your cart like I did. I still have more in my cart. But that is that is it. <laughs> I wanted to guys show you what I did to myself, guys. And eventually we will go through all of them. We will look at them together as we go because we know that's what we do. Oh, the rebel deck goes up here and I down there. Oh my God, I don't know where I'm at. Like things are falling apart on me, and I'm going, oh my God. So we, we both need an intervention. <laughs> we do, Michael. I found Temu. That was supposed to be my intervention, and instead I got more. Now I don't spend thirty dollars a deck. I'm I'm not buying the book, and I'm getting them for five. Oh, so happy. 
it's just not healthy, guys. It's not healthy. But with that being said, guys, you have a great week. I will see you tomorrow night on Unfiltered um, with Jet and Mike. And for everybody else that doesn't come then, I will see you next Monday morning when Janine comes in to do a trans down. You guys have a beautiful week. And as always, this is Jet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. Bye-bye, guys. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.